Welcome back to the Healthcare Insight Podcast. I'm Eric Silverman. And I'm Jane Crosby. Thanks for joining us again. We're really excited to share with you this week's interview with Johnny Smith from Encompass Health. Johnny Smith's the Vice President of Marketing Services at Encompass Health. And he had a lot of great, you know, he talked to us about leadership. He talked to us about kind of the intersection of sales and marketing. And, and maybe most of all, he talked to us about using data to guide decisions. And you know, this was this was really interesting to me. Jane, you and I have talked about kind of the customary use of data around decision driving, but really it's evolved so much. Our access to data and how we use it in, in content marketing, it, it's really changing. Yeah, it's really interesting. Even just in the last five years, I think we've seen healthcare marketers go from using data to figure out who to reach out to and through what channel to today where they're actually using data to try to understand what matters most to consumers and what's adding value to them in their decision-making process and in their experience with you as a healthcare provider and using that information to make decisions around messaging and creative strategy that they deploy through the right channel using the right message to reach the right consumer. And I think that's a really interesting shift in how we think about campaign strategy. I think we've gone from siloed approaches to individual channels to really integrated strategies that are powered by an understanding of what consumers want to hear from you. And I think that adds even more value to the experience, both online for consumers than what happens when they interact with you in person too. Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about this, this subject with some of our, our other guests in terms of being able to serve up content in a way that aligns with problem solving in a, in a really meaningful way. One of the things that I thought was interesting about our discussion with Johnny is this, this was Encompass and their marketing strategies is very focused on the B2B side of things. Obviously, they're serving a consumer end user, but a lot of their relationship building from a marketing standpoint is across to other providers. And with that, Johnny talked to us a little bit about the intersection of marketing and sales, and he had some really good perspective there as well. Yeah, it's not very often that we get to have conversations with healthcare marketers about what sales means to them. And I think in the B2B space, it's it's really critical. And Johnny's point of view is that the marketing function is there to support sales in a way that drives revenue. And he used the Lou Holtz quote of what's important now when he talked about team building and how they set priorities and execute on marketing strategies as a group. And I think that's really important to think about when you consider how marketing supports a sales function, especially as they've pivoted throughout the pandemic to go from beating on physician doors all the time to having to rely on digital communication channels and really thinking through what in this moment is going to be important to a provider and relevant to a provider and how do I get that message to them. And it sounds like Johnny's team has done a really good job in promoting their business development and sales efforts in that sense. Yeah, that's right. And also it kind of gave us an opportunity, right, to get this window into Johnny's real passion for leadership and, and team development. And he gave you know, a lot of really good perspective about listening and becoming part of the organization and, and taking time to make sure that you're building a plan before executing and then then creating a shared vision. And that was that was fun to talk about and, and hear about from Johnny as well. Yeah, I thought so too. And there's a lot of things that I've always thought about as kind of soft skills that you can't teach that Johnny talked about how he nurtures in his team. And I thought that was really interesting and taking initiative and strategic problem solving. I always think of those as kind of innate skills, but Johnny talked about how to develop those and coach those into team members through, I think, empowerment. And I thought that was pretty cool too. 
it was a lot of fun to talk about it and always is when we get a chance to connect with guests for the Healthcare Insight Podcast. With no further ado, let's get into it and hear from Johnny Smith, Vice President of Marketing Services at Encompass Health. Johnny Smith, welcome to the Healthcare Insight Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, we're really excited to talk. So, so you're Vice President of Marketing Services for Encompass Health. Tell us a little bit about that role and what you're doing at Encompass. Yeah, so I've been here. I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary and recently relocated down to Birmingham, Alabama, where the home office is located. And if those that are not familiar with Encompass, Encompass is uh, I'm the largest post-acute care company in the country. We've got about 100 and um, close to 140 rehabilitation hospitals in 39 states and about 245, 250 home health and hospice agencies across those states that we cover as well. So it's a, a very big organization with a lot of growth happening over the, the next several years. So I'm excited to be here. It's great stuff. And, and you know, so my understanding is, you know, you've got three really disparate teams that, that you've brought together or in the process of bringing together communications, creative services, print services. You know, it's a big organization. Obviously, you know, you've had a, a great career in, in big organizations. You're used to kind of this, this unifying role, but, but talk to us about some of the challenges and opportunities of trying to bring together those, those disparate groups. Yeah, so I was, I was recruited here to, to bring together three different disciplines, one being the communications discipline, the, the creative services discipline, as well as our print services discipline. And when you do that, these three different groups didn't necessarily report to the same leader. So this was the first time that we had the opportunity to come together as one marketing services department. And the first thing you have to do as a leader as you walk in through the door with a large team is that you just need to be quiet and just listen. Listen to your team. Listen to what some of their goals are and some of their strategies. More important, listen to some of their challenges that they're, they're going through. Um, listen to how they how the team works together or lack thereof of working working together, and then also the second piece I would say is that you need to learn the company and the culture as well, because every organization and every every company and every community even has its own culture, and it's important that you understand that and that you don't just jump right in. So you notice the first two areas I said is keeping your mouth shut and listening and learning. A lot of times we as leaders come in with our grand scheme and we want to just throw it out there. It's important just to sit back and relax a bit. And then the third piece of this is then you start identifying opportunities in which you believe you can start to work closer together. From my perspective, I put in guiding principles that I wanted the team to follow. And those are pretty, pretty much expectations for team behaviors and individual behaviors that we put in place. One of those was around being a creative and critical thinker. Well, I wanted to challenge the thinking that we had in place within marketing services. Again, three different departments didn't necessarily think and, and, and act in the same way. That was important for us to do. A huge piece was to ensure accountability. What I mean by accountability, it's accountability between the three individual teams, accountability to each other, but also more importantly, accountability to our partners that we're serving throughout our organization of Encompass Health. You know, when you've got 139 hospitals in, in 39 states, there's a lot of partners that you need to look at and we're broken up by regions, but it's imperative that you have accountability there. 
And the, and the last piece of that that I want to speak to on the guiding principles really hones around building our own knowledge assets. And that's a major, major priority for us. And what I mean by that is really, truly investing in our own people. I wanted the team to understand is that in order to ensure the growth and development of individuals, it requires the nurturing and investing from our top leaders. And primarily, I wanted to ensure the team understood that that's what I was focused on, despite all the changes that were that were happening and being in this role in the middle of a pandemic. I still wanted to focus in on them and ensuring their growth and development. So three steps, listen, learn about the culture, and then start identifying opportunities in which we start to work together. Just one follow-up to that, Johnny. The first three things that you mentioned, the accountability and the creative and critical thinking, really speak to me and resonate with me. And I think we often think about that through the lens of hiring and trying to get the right people into our organizations. You obviously came into a large existing team. Are those behavior traits, in your view, coachable and teachable? And if so, how do you start to instill those behaviors in an existing team? Well, I think there's elements of it. Now, I don't think it was necessarily written down, though, right? Some of it's just innate of people just working together. As a leader, it's important that you cast that vision and put in place the guiding principles and ensure that people understand those, but also live those. So we ingrained it in our organization. And when I mean organization, my team, we ingrained those guiding principles. And I explained what the critical and creative thinking meant. I went through the details of what that meant. Then we went through accountability. Accountability is really managing the three W's, who does what by when, right? And then I dove in more about what those knowledge assets are that we wanted to invest in to ensure that our, our individuals were growing and developing. And as a part of that, right now we're at the phase on the knowledge assets is to dive much more deeper into development plans on individuals on our team. I want them to understand that we I'm not successful unless you're successful. The company's not successful unless marketing services helps position and builds this brand. So everyone knows the role that they play. So once they have that clarity on the role they play, we can start to dive deeper into some of these other guiding principles. I don't want to miss the opportunity to ask you in this this change management dialogue. You know, it's not mm-hmm. lost on me in your introductory comments that you started this role with a big opportunity and a big hill to climb right at the start of 2020 or end end of 2019. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how the incredibly unique year of 2020 maybe changed some of your approach or or influenced how you were able to execute the plan that you just articulated. Yeah, I think it, you know, when, when March came around, it, it definitely, you know, it, it, it changed the way we, we looked at everything, but we were focused. So we knew that our hospitals were, our, our clinicians, our hospital workers were going the extra mile to serve the, our patient population, which is a vulnerable patient population for COVID-19. But surprisingly, it brought the team together in ways that I couldn't have imagined because we had to come together and focus on a primary goal. And the goal was to ensure that we're aligning with our partners and delivering that service that helps position our brand, that communicates our quality and safety, that communicates our committed staff and overwhelming 
you know, work that we're always doing, you know, the dedicated COVID-19 units that we put in place in different parts of the country to serve our population. So it really brought people together. But in the midst of that, I had to also be intentional about we still have a overall vision to cast, a direction to cast, and a redesign of the team to, to implement as well. So we were working on a parallel path. It was the, it was, it's, it's what they say in Notre Dame football, and I'm an Indiana guy, what's important now and what's important later. Right now, it was COVID-19. What's important now and later is that we need to continue to focus on our strategic direction and redefine ourselves and how we look for the future. Good stuff, Johnny. I'm a Notre Dame person, to be honest. Lou Holtz is one of my all-time favorite leaders. One thing I am really interested in diving into with you is how different the acute care world is from the post-acute care world. I'm sure that there were a number of different tactics and channels and messaging strategies, really, that you had to get familiar with. Can you talk a little bit about some of the key differences in your view that you started to recognize during that transition? Yeah, I think first there, it starts with a similarity, though. It starts with a similarity for a passion in healthcare and in the passion of service. So it starts there. But then once you dive right in, it's a lot more on the acute care side. It's, it's a significant, significant focus on the consumer. More and more consumers are making decisions about their individual health care. So they're looking on their mobile devices, they're doing search, they're looking on social media, they're, you know, they're asking their friends and family. So healthcare providers in the acute care space are really focused on that area. I would say when I transitioned here, I also knew that there was a focus on the consumer as well, but there's a just as equal concentration on what we call that referral source. That referral source might be a case manager at an acute care hospital. That referral source may be a physician or a therapist at that acute care hospital. The difference is, is that this is more of a targeted approach, and it's more a business-to-business interaction that you have to have. And in order to get that, it's important that marketing, on our standpoint, that we hold on all the marketing and communication tactics. Let's hold on those. It's quick and easy for people to get excited and to jump in. We need to do search. We need to do social. We need to send out news releases. We need to do all of that. Let's just stop. Let's look at in one major discipline that we focused on here in, in Encompass Health is customer and market intelligence. Let's first understand the data. Let's understand who our customer segments are. Let's dive in deeper to those referral sources. Let's see how they think. Let's think how they act. Let's see how they receive and, and, and want information. And then let's very much target them directly. We shouldn't do mass advertising if we really just want to reach Sarah, who is a dedicated case manager at the local acute care hospital. Let's focus on Sarah and get Sarah the information she needs so Sarah can act and we can ensure our partnership is strong moving forward. So it's more of a, a personalized high-level, high-touch approach, really surgical on how we go after those key referral sources, more on a B2B approach. So I'd love to follow up on this, and I think it's great insight. You know, admittedly, when I think about the B2B marketing, at least the customary pillars of of B2B marketing from a clinical side, there's the the boots-on-the-ground relationship piece. There's the communication about 
great outcomes, and then there's innovations as a as a kind of mechanism to break break through the clutter, right? So, so those have been kind of the three tools in the in the toolbox. When you think about this precision relationship development, and you think about doing it at scale for an organization as large as yours, what what should our listeners be thinking about in the B two B space for moving large audiences <laughs> towards affinity in a B2B environment. Yeah, I would say this is that not every region is is the same. That is the very first thing. We have seven, soon to be eight regions across our 39 state operation. We can't treat each region as the same because each region may have various dynamics. Some of our hospital partner, we have joint venture partnerships with an acute care hospital. In some areas, there's major competition from other rehabilitation providers or or even SNFs, which are basically nursing homes. There's all these different factors that go in. So I would always say that when we look at scale, we scaled by region, if you think about it like that. So you don't you you start local and then you build up. So as an example, I might have a dedicated marketing strategy for the South Central. In that marketing marketing strategy, we might look at all these various elements based on research. And then from there, I may use some of those key insights to have a conversation with the Southwest region. And then you get the point and we go all the way through that. And then we elevate that to the top and say, this is the overall marketing strategy. But if you're in this region, we're going to focus in on this. And if you're in that region, we're going to focus on that. And then even there's times when you got to get even more tactical in a region to actually touch a specific hospital. So in one region, in our regions, we may have 25, 30 hospitals in a region. So I may even get even more hyper local and, and more precise on what that would look like. So that's the approach that we that we've taken from an overall marketing national perspective. It's really interesting. And if you're comfortable sharing some perspective about it, you know, when I think about looking at the data from a referral pattern and relationship development standpoint, you know, the things that are kind of obvious to me is what's the referral pattern now and where do we think the most opportunity is? But it sounds like you've got a much more sophisticated point of view than mine on on how to pursue that. Can you talk a little bit about kind of methodology or, or guiding principles of that analysis? Yeah, and we're, we're building this now. We are completely building this. This is a new function within marketing services. As I mentioned before, we had three different areas, communications, creative, and print. Historically, those have been tactical areas. What we're demonstrating now is a different level of marketing value, and it's based on customer market intelligence, brand equity, building the brand, and then, of course, the last piece is is truly creating and enhancing that digital experience. So when you think about from a customer and market intelligence standpoint, We're looking at, as an example, we might say, these are our customer profiles that we want to target. So say it's the the the, the case manager and it's a social worker. We also may look at, let's look at the patient population as well. Let's look at the caregivers, because many times caregivers make decisions for the actual patient. We may even dive a little bit deeper into those actual physicians, We may take a step even closer into that therapist population. So that's the customer profile we'll look at. Then we have to look at the market profile. And from a market perspective, let's take a look at an actual community within an area. 
So if you're in Texas, let's go much deeper in Houston. Well, we have eight hospitals in Houston with significant competition, and that's not a certificate of need state. So you can build there and build aggressively there. So we have to understand the referral patterns in those areas. We have to understand why people are doing these, why people are making the decisions that they're making. Then we might go a little bit deeper too, because we might have a joint venture partnership in some of those areas. And in, 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 in an example in our central region, we get referrals from the JV partners, but there might be an actual opportunity to get a referral from some of the other community hospitals around as well. And then we also need to understand when we're not getting that referral, why aren't we getting it? And sometimes it's very simple of, you know, we need to tweak our relationship that we might have with a referral source. And tweaking that relationship could be as, as basic as us being much more diligent on the follow-up piece, much more diligent on communicating how, we re, how we're reducing readmissions for that acute care provider. See, all of this is what I'm sharing with you has nothing to do with a press release or a communication email out, or a piece of collateral. This is strategic marketing. This is what I would advocate for all of your listeners. Understand your business and find the value that marketing delivers outside of some tactical solution. One of the things that I think we've seen in, in healthcare across our client base over the years is an investment in a slew of tools and consultants and new technologies to support strategy and analytics and audience segmentation. I'm curious what you're using at Encompass to actually execute on some of the things that you're doing today, because I know that can be challenging. And I think we see a lot of clients kind of overinvest to the point that they have so much information, but they're not doing anything with it because it's hard mm -hmm. to read through the clutter. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we have, of course, a CRM system from the sales side. We have CRM system that, we, that we're actually helping build on the marketing side of things as well. Also, we have, of course, various digital analytic tools and everything of that nature. I would say the biggest value that we add is that we have an individual on our team and her background is in data analytics. Her background is not in marketing. She is not a marketer. She will tell you she's not a strategic marketer. It's in data analytics. She oversaw case management department for one of the acute care hospitals in town. She has this very extensive research and data automation background that she gleans from. And all I have to do is teach her how marketing fits in there. So all the research that she does, she has one task. What are the marketing implications for that data that you just uncovered? Once she gives us the marketing implications, then we can plan and then we can act. So there's a lot of different factors that we have in, in place. There's partnerships with your information technology team. There's, you know, we have, you know, so many different areas that we have, and we're continuing to build this. One of our true values is bringing in people that don't necessarily drink the marketing Kool-Aid. Bring in the individuals who can give you a different perspective and challenge this old school traditional marketer's thinking and give me that data that I don't necessarily, you know, fully investing on a daily basis. But she puts it right square in the middle of my face and says, this is what you need to focus on. 
Good stuff. You know, one of the things you mentioned um, just made me think of a question for you that I think relates to a lot of B2B marketers. You obviously have a separate sales function at Encompass Health too. You were brought on to align marketing and communications. How do you help your team complement and work in alignment with the sales function? Because I think in any sales organization, that's a common source of friction. Anything you're doing at Encompass to help with that? Yes. I mean, it's... it. We have, what was it, seven regional vice presidents of business development and soon to be eight and starting in January 2021. We're partners. So I I hold monthly meetings where I'll lead the discussions and I'll go through on each of the areas. How are we performing from a volume perspective? What are some of the challenges that you're experiencing? We have another call where I meet with each of them weekly and I go through that on on a weekly basis just diving much deeper into their dynamics, what the, what the data is sharing and what our sales liaisons are going through on a daily basis. And then from there, it's my responsibility to uncover the opportunities, uncover the opportunities in which we can work much better together. And more importantly, how we can support the sales team and in, in, in their ability to specifically reach and influence and partner with our acute care providers. So all of the efforts is, are aimed around that. So one example is, you know, in the middle of, of COVID-19, it's a pandemic. A lot of hospitals reduced their, their visitor restrictions. We reduced ours. Our acute care leaders reduced theirs as well. Well, historically, our hospitals have been able to just go inside of an acute care hospital, talk to the case manager, talk to the social worker, meet with these other key influencers throughout the, throughout the hospital, and be able to, you know, ensure that we're providing a safe transition for the patient to our facility. Well, when you when you limit visitation, then you limit the opportunity for that face-to-face interaction. So how does marketing fit into that? First, we need to better understand and do it through research and various customer insight. And then we figured out, okay, there's other ways to, be, to get in front of that referral source audience. Maybe it's more online. Maybe it's an email marketing campaign. Maybe it's more focused on and sharing patient success stories with them. Maybe it's a video, a video production strategy that we put in place. Whatever it might be, everything that we're doing is aligning with our plan, but also staying close to the pulse on what's happening locally so we can then respond. They turn to us to offer them solutions in ways that they're not able to deliver. Our salespeople are not marketers. They are not traditional marketers. Now they're out, of course, out marketing our services and and marketing our hospital, but it's important for us to ensure that we're providing that additive support to them. Everything we're doing is additive because we all have the same goal. We all are here to best serve our patients and our families in best position in Compass Health. You know, you've provided some great perspective to the audience with recommendations about how to approach strategic marketing. You provided some great perspective to the audience on how to approach change management. I hope I'm not out of line to suggest that it seems to me that leadership and that leadership development for your team, it, it seems to be a, a real point of passion and and, mm-hmm. and focus for you. What can you share with us and, and our listeners about kind of the principles of, of leadership, maybe inclusive of or outside of the change management piece, particularly in times like these? 
Yeah, I would say it's, it's, I use this acronym. It's PVP, people, vision, process. First are the people. Remember, you're not successful without your people. So it's the constant investment in them. So it's important that you sit down with these individuals one by one and model my direct reports have this challenge. We sit down with our team members and we identify where do they wanna go in their careers? Some people want to be Johnny Smith. Some people want to step up to at that manager level. Some people are content on where they are in their career. They just wanna ensure that they're still developing skills and their knowledge and abilities. So once you identify that, we invest in them and identifying their development areas. And on those development areas, we say, okay, these are the three that we're gonna focus on. And what resources and additional support can we provide to do that? I invest a lot of money in our budget on personal and team development. And what I mean by that, it's not just, you know, getting together and, and you know, doing, you know, exercises as a group. This is very targeted, very targeted to that individual. If you want to enhance education in this specific area, let's enhance education in that respective area. Let's go much more deeper. And then also the way that we ensure accountability is by ensuring we're putting a timeline around this. We're going to get together on a monthly basis. Maybe it's a quarterly basis, whatever it is. And we're going to track the progress of how I'm performing as a leader in supporting you. That's what it boils down to. Obviously, any type of, of relationship and leadership relationship is two-way but I feel like it's more of the responsibility of the leader to invest in that individual. So that's really the approach that we truly take. And that's the development piece. What I mean by the vision piece, the vision piece is that you've got to give them a place to actually, what's the North Star? Where are we trying to go here? You know, and what role do you play in how, where we're trying to go? The other piece, the process, what's the process to ensuring that we're actually getting there? And then as a part of that process, it's got to be some measure that, we're, that we also can come back to to see if we've reached it or not. But leadership is important. I think that's the, the biggest piece in any of these roles when you become the head of marketing is that it's one thing that what I always say, I'm, I'm here to cast the vision, but then also help you develop and grow, but also get out of your way so you can thrive. And then when you do run in those obstacles, it's my job to stand in front of you and try to move some of those out of the way and then get out of the way. It's great stuff. It's really good perspective. So leadership, change management, strategic marketing. What are some of your go-tos, podcasts, blogs, favorite books? What, what's the one that I should make sure that I end up with on my nightstand, you know, before the year's gone? Well, I would, I would start with a couple and these are going to be self-promotional. And it's got to be because I'm here representing Encompass Health. So we've got the Connect blog at Encompass Health and then our Powered by Care podcast as well. But there's another, another that I always appreciate. The Healthcare Insight podcast is one that I, I listen to. So plug for you all. But there's a few others that I wanted to mention. So the CMO podcast is a really good one. Now, it's not healthcare specific. I think it's important for you to get insights that are cross industries. And there's a, I mean, you've got the leaders from, from retail, from ride sharing services, from hospitality to, you know, sports. There's so many insights that are generating from there. And a lot of focus on brand purpose is usually what I'm hearing. On the B2B space, there's a podcast by the name of Renegade Thinkers Unite. 
That's a great one on the B2B space that I definitely would encourage your, your listeners and all of your followers to take a look at. Another one that I, that I also like a lot is how leaders lead. And they bring together all these different you know, CEOs and executives from various industries that talk about their leadership style based on a specific topic or the challenge that they've been through. And then, of course, I'm just a geek on the on the spoken word. So I love TED Talks Daily is another podcast that I definitely frequent on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, there's many times because my kids are very active in a lot of sports that I pop in my headphones and I'm, I'm podcasting it out right there sitting in the stand. So it's pretty fun <laughs> to enjoy it during the practice, not the games, right. during the practice. The games, I'm all in. Yeah. Practice, it's time for me to, to, you know, unwind. And I mean, even a geek sometime when I'm on the elliptical I might have on a podcast as well. So I, I actually enjoy a podcast a lot. It's a great way to catch time when when you can make it. So those are really great recommendations. A couple of them I haven't heard of, actually. I'm excited to check out the Renegade Thinkers Unite yeah. one in particular. So that should be yeah. good. Johnny Smith, thanks so much for joining us today. For yeah. the Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk with you.